Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, hello, funny faces. Uh, Dale Comstock's YouTube channel, uh, he's starting to put some, uh, he wants to start growing it. And, uh, you know, I've posted links before telling people to go subscribe to whatever. Obviously, Dale is an exception. Why I will make a video for it. Because Dale is not only is he a regular guest and provides me with mountains of content that I think all of you enjoy, but Dale's also just a cool fucking guy, and um, I think he's more of a badass than Goggins or Jocko. I like both of them too, but I think Dale is. I think it's a it's a crime that uh, that Dale isn't in that uh, that same sphere. So Dale is uh, Dale starting his or again kind of taking his channel in a new direction and so we did an episode like a little 10 20 minute episode like two weeks ago that i haven't uploaded yet because i'm a terrible friend uh, about the difference between devgrew and delta delta obviously being the tip of the spear for the army devgrew being the tip of the spear for the navy and um and also cia special activities division which recruits from both of those which dale is in but um it's the differences between devgrew and delta and um so here is that video it's on dale's channel i'll link his channel Please go subscribe to his channel. Even if you don't like Dale, even if you don't want to listen to any of it, or if you love Dale, I don't give a fuck. Go subscribe to it. Dale's Dale's a well, Dale's the badass, and um, he's a cool fucking guy. And uh, he's throwing his hat into the ring. So uh, go show him some love. And uh, following this video will be Dale and I's conversation on Delta Force v Devgrew. <laughs> So, everybody obviously knows Dale Comstock been on my podcast a thousand times, and as everybody knows, I'm obsessed with uh, hierarchies, and we went through this the other episode, but today, uh, Dale and I just have a short conversation. I wanted you to flesh out or at least explain what the actual difference is, right? So everybody, you mean, right, you got, you got the Army, you got Green Braves, you got 82nd, you got Rangers, and then you got the tip of the spear, you, you got Delta, right? Or, and then, you know, Navy, you got Navy, Navy SEALs, and then Dev Grew, the development group, or SEAL Team 6, as everyone knows it as, uh, you know, killed Bin Laden. You've got Dev Grew. So you've kind of, and I've always said that, you know, you've got these two parallel, right? You got your college, your professional, and your Olympic teams. And so what is the difference there? If we have Delta and we have Dev Grew, what, what exactly is the difference? How do they compare? How do they size up to each other? So, um, good, interesting question. So here's the here's the the main uh, the main difference, right? First of all, obviously, seals are have a maritime capability. However, the Delta Force and Special Forces Green Berets also have a scuba capability, right, and a maritime capability. We can do both. Um, so, the 
the, the biggest differentiator is the selection process. So unlike, for example, SEALs, when SEALs go through their selection process, it's basically a group function, right? Guys go to buds, they go out and they freaking roll around the sand and swim in the water, they do a lot of push-ups, you know, and uh, they carry heavy things as a group. So um, <clears throat> it's easy for a guy to kind of camouflage himself in this group dynamic, right? He may not have, he may be the shorter guy carrying the fire, the, the, the pole, um, so he's not carrying as much weight. So, and not only that, he may be maybe um, a little underpowered, and all he's got to do is draw his motivation from the other guys, right? So, um, and it's no different than, you know, like Ranger School, you know, the Special Force Qualification Course to be a Green Beret, you know, and all these other um, types of uh, selection processes. So, the difference between Delta Force and all these other ones is this. The selection process for Delta focuses on each individual person. Um, essentially, you're going through a selection process by yourself. You're not going through as a team. Um, when you go through selection, you don't know what the time standard is. You don't know how long you're going to go, how fast you have to go. You don't know what you're going to ex be expected to do next. You're just told what to do at that time and do the best you can. In fact, that is a standard. Do the best you can. And that makes you wonder, well, how fast is fast enough? What, you know, am I meeting the standards? So it forces you to do the best you can and you, how, and you don't know what the best you can is. So, um, you know, and you do this day in and day out, you do it under heavy loads. It's very physical, extremely physical. Um, you, but you're doing it all by yourself. You know what, when you move as a group and you're doing something, uh, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply difficult as a group, something arduous, something uh, challenging, it's a lot easier to find your strength within the group. Okay, it's almost like a, uh, almost like a shared, um, not so much of a responsibility, but you kind of share the group's strength is what you're doing. You're bleeding and you're, you're, you're kind of bleeding off of that. And in the adult force selection, you're going through by yourself. Um, there's no one to draw on. There's no one to, to look at and go, how am I keeping up with this guy or how am I doing compared to that guy? You don't know. You're always by yourself till the end of the day when the day is done or the night is done. Um, if, if you successfully completed the day, you'll be told to get on a truck, a covered truck. You won't know where you're going. Um, you'll arrive at a camp on the field somewhere in the woods and basically you'll be told get some food, get some rest. And then tomorrow morning, you know, at whatever time, 0600, You'll be told you stand right here with gear and ready to go. And you do this day in and day out. And what happens ultimately is you're going so hard physically, and it's very mountainous terrain. So I'm not going to mention the the actual area, but uh, I will say this. It's extremely mountainous terrain. And in the most difficult weather conditions, it's either in the late fall or early spring when it's either snowing or when it's raining, but it's always cold in that environment. And you do it every day every day every day until your body just keeps breaking down more and more and more and the only thing that's going to keep you going is your mind that's the only thing that keeps you going nothing else because when i went through i remember standing in the middle of a plowed farmer's field freezing rain up to my knees in, in, in mud and i couldn't see my 
my next uh, my next waypoint, if you will, because the fog was so dense that I couldn't see more than 100 yards in front of me. But I couldn't get out of the mud either. I was so tired, so exhausted at this point that physically I had nothing left in the gas tank. If I wanted to quit, there wasn't even a, there was no way for me to quit because nobody would see me out in this field in the fog for quite some time. So I had no choice but to muscle through this mud, climb the mountain, get to the top to my next rendezvous point. At which point I thought, well, damn, now that I'm here, why would I quit? You know, now it's back downhill. I can roll downhill if I need to. But it's always a mental chess game with yourself. Eventually, it's it's really just you against yourself every day. <clears throat> they just tell you to do the best you can. They're not putting any pressure on you. When I say they, I'm talking about the, the Delta Force cadre, you know, the ones that are putting you through the selection process. They're stone-faced. They have a straight face. They don't encourage you. They don't discourage you. Um, they just tell you do the best you can. Here's your, here's your instruction. Do the best you can. Well, sorry. Um, how fast? How, what's the time? Do the best you can. It's always the same answer. It's almost like you're talking to robots. And uh, and so you go off wandering in the woods, having these conversations with yourself, wondering, you know, are you going fast enough? Are you going too slow? Are you going the right way? How when is this going to end? Can you make it through today and tonight and continue tomorrow? Um, and that's all you can do every day and every day. And eventually, if you really do it right, you really push your body to the extreme, it will break down no matter how hard you train. I trained for three months prior to selection, like an Olympic athlete. Actually, I have my entire training program that's uh, it's written down. It's actually in a PowerPoint presentation, and it's also available to uh, those that want to go through selection. And uh, I tell you, for three months, I was in the best shape of my life, in the best shape of my life. And uh, probably about three quarters of the way through the selection process is when my body started breaking down. I mean, it just couldn't keep up with uh, the pace anymore. And the only thing that kept me going through selection was the mindset. So in my course, for example, there's two selection courses per year, at least there was. Um, of my course, 110 started, which was actually about 10 more than usual, selected army-wide. And of the 110 that started, six of us finished the course and three of us were selected. I was the youngest guy at the age of 23 to make it to selection, uh, to Delta Force at the time. So that ought to tell you how tough it is. I mean, Army-wide, they canvassed everybody that had they met the minimum requirements to apply. They said, come and apply. Those that came and applied, they still had to go through a very rigorous uh, background check, physical fitness check, medical check. And that's another one about medical check, right? I, I love it when people go, well, I didn't make it through because, you know, um, you know, I had a problem, you know, whatever. My lungs hurt, my heart hurt, or, you know, my whatever, my ass hurt. So, you know, excuses are great, you know. Everybody's got excuses like assholes. We all have when they all stink. So, um, <laughs> you know, here's the thing. When you quit, a lot of guys, when they don't make the standard, particularly if they quit, right? We call it Victor Whiskey, voluntary withdrawal. Sorry, I don't want a Victor Whiskey. I want a voluntary withdrawal. They tell you, get on the truck, run a little, little warmies, you know, get, get warm, get comfortable. They take you back to the, to the main camp. Um, they let you go shower, change your clothes, feed you, make you feel good. And then the commander um, brings you in for an outbriefing, basically tells you, you know, you know, gives you an attaboy or whatever, and then uh, sends you home. And invariably, almost every guy that goes in there, now they feel pretty good. They got a full stomach, you know, they're, they're rested, they're warm, they got a shower. They always ask, well, I'd like to try again, sir. And uh, the answer is this, this is always the answer. There's no exception to this answer. It's always the same answer. You can have a change of mind, but you can't have a change of heart. You can have a change of mind, but you can't have a change of heart. 
And that's what they're evaluating. That's what they're assessing is your heart. What have you got inside to get through this course? And, uh, and they're looking for the guy with the most heart. I have a friend that went through, actually went through with me and ready for this. He broke both his shin bones, both of them going through selection. Okay. <laughs> and he finished the course and didn't tell anybody both those legs were broken. Okay. That's how bad he wanted it. two broken legs and made it through at the end. And then he revealed it at the end and, and he, he went through the board. And then basically what happened from there was like, look, we can't use, you got two broken legs. He had bad broken shins. And what they did is they sent him to a veterinarian in uh, Texas and they use a veterinarian because this guy was good at putting rods in the racehorse legs and stuff like that. And uh, that's what they did to him. They put rods in his legs and he came back to the unit a year later and he was an operator, one of the best operators we had. And, uh, you know, and that's just one of many examples, you know, that's what it means to have a heart, right? Not a, my heart's broke or my ass is broke or my, whatever, my leg is broke. Um, you know, it's mind over matter, you know? I don't mind and my body don't matter. I'm going to make it through. And so therein is the difference between a SEAL and a Delta Force operator. The Delta Force is the smallest, most elite unit in the world, um, by far the best uh, unit in the world. In fact, we used to go uh, compete in what they call the CT Olympics. And the CT Olympics were held in Europe and they invited this, you know, the best special forces, counter-terrorist teams, SWAT teams from around the globe. Um, there were, you know, Soviet communist teams there. There was Germans there, Aust Austrians, um, Australians, Americans. Uh, it was SEAL Team Six. It was Delta Force, and the Delta Force selection just to be on that team to go compete and represent the unit was very arduous. Um, they always sent five, seven guys. Five guys were on the team, and two guys were backup support. And we had to actually try out to be on that team, right? And then because the, we want to make sure we feel the best Delta Force operators. Invariably, our teams. Um, always took the top five positions um, in that competition. All the marksmanship, combat marksmanship, we won it hands down. And we even, this is going to piss off a lot of people out there, especially people that love SEALs, we even outswam the SEALs, okay? Actually outswam the SEALs, all right? So that's a fact. That is a fact. And so I know nobody wants to hear that, but uh, that's the reality. I'm not knocking SEALs because i got a lot of SEAL friends. But, uh, you know, you don't hear about Delta Force because – they truly are the quiet, uh, quiet professionals. You know, they have done more than most, probably most units will ever do. I mean, SEALs, you know, I, I heard, you know, what's his, his jackass name, Rob O'Neill. I'm going to call him that too, because he's a turd. I know a lot more about him than he thinks I know, but uh, this guy went out and, on Fox News and when he was asked, well, how come you never hear of Delta Force? And he came out, well, because they don't freaking do nothing. Well, that's such a bunch of bullshit because you know why? SEAL Team 6 was started after Delta Force. And guess what? Guess where they got their T.O.N.E. and T.T.P.? They got it from Delta Force. We go, hey, guys, here you go. This is how you get started in this program. So, you know, who came first, the chicken or the egg? Well, I can tell you it was the Delta Force. Um, you know, it is the premier counterterrorist unit in the world. And every man is selected based on his merit. Okay, you should be able to operate unilaterally by yourself. doesn't matter what it is. And as a unit. And by the way, why is it a Delta Force operator? It's always been Delta Force operator, right? Everybody since then has hijacked the operator term because it sounds really cool. The reason we were Delta Force operators is because we never, you know, some days we worked as soldiers, some days we worked as civilians, and some days we worked as other government agencies. agencies. We were credentialed as others. 
right? So, you know, we weren't always a soldier. Sometimes we worked in a civilian capacity, undercover, or, or working for another government agency. So therefore, that's why we are an operator, because um, we were just a soldier or a civilian or an agent. Um, since that term now, since that time, everybody's hijacked uh, the term operator and everybody's an operator. Cops, you know, cops are operators, SWAT operators, operator this, operator that, you know, so everybody wants to be high speed, but uh, nobody wants to do what we call long walk, you know, that long, rigorous freaking walk that just crushes people um, through the mountains. So anyways, that's kind of the, the little bit of the background of Delta Force versus uh, Navy SEALs. And, um, you know, you want to be part of the elite, the most elite unit. In fact, I would even argue this. SEALs are always trying out for Delta Force. Delta Force never tries out for SEAL. Name one guy who was a Delta Force operator tried out to be a Navy SEAL. It never happens. It's a downgrade. Okay. Everybody wants to upgrade, right? That's why there are Navy SEALs. There are Marines now in the Delta Force. And why is that? Because we, because the selection process is so hard, okay, it's so difficult that the unit was not able to get enough people out of, out of um, the Army, so they had to canvas all the military services to, to find the best guys, the best applicants they can get. So that's why, you know, you have Marines, you have, you know, um, you have Navy SEALs, you have Air Force. They're not looking for the skill sets as much as what they're looking for is um, the man. We, when I was in the in the unit, we had guys that were everything from mechanics to helicopter crewmen. Um, you don't have to have a special, you know, background. You would be a Green Beret or a Ranger or something like that. Um, what they're looking for is the right guy. In fact, some would argue, you know, Delta Force picks the best guys. No, nope, they actually just pick the right guys, and there is the difference. So, um, there you have it, man. That's that's my uh, that's my take on it. It kind of it kind of yeah. We'll keep this short. Yeah. It, uh makes me think of what you're saying how you can kind of draw on the energy of others it's like uh it's like a hundred people pulling into an insurance plan in case one of you gets a broken leg versus having no insurance and just making sure you got a couple thousand bucks set aside in case you broke your leg it's yeah. just no one to draw from you're fucked you're fucked and if you're not you're not yeah no that's you know and, and it's that way for a reason uh, yeah. because of the mission you know it's uh Delta Force operators are asked to do things that nobody else will do. I can do, right? So it's just what it is what it is. And uh, you want to make sure you send the right guy out there with the right attitude that can coordinate with, you know, other agencies, work alongside other agencies. And, uh, and we were the jack of all trades. We could do everything, man. I mean, everything. We could do it as, as well as anybody or better, you know, whether it came to scuba operations, halo operations, mobility operations, um, shooting by far the best combat marksmanship came out of the Delta Force. In fact, if you look around today at uh, a lot of the equipment that's out there, it had its uh, genesis in Delta Force. If you look at a lot of the combat marksmanship techniques that you've seen out, um, all of that had its genesis in the Delta Force. Um, you know, and it's amazing when I look around now at foreign armies, you, you look at their gear and their equipment, you know, they have basically adopted the same the same gear that, you know, had its genesis in, in our, in the Delta Force, you know, so Green Berets, Rangers, Marine Seals, they're using a lot of the gear that we created. And now other, you know, other countries are looking at us going, let's use their stuff too. I've seen Spetsnaz videos of these guys carrying all kinds of stuff, eight points and, um, or their version of it, you know, basically setting their weapon systems up, their uniforms, their helmets, their tactics, everything like, you know, um, like Delta Force, Delta Force. So, 
that's my that's you know that's the reality of it you know that might hurt some feelings you know everybody thinks that seals are you know creme de la creme no far from it there's just they're just out there you know writing books and making movies and are breaking OPSEC um you don't hear about Delta Force operators because they are soldiers they are regimented they are disciplined and they are the truly the choir professionals because they know how important that is to keep their mouth shut and they're not in it for you know the, the self <laughs> the self-acclaimed and glory you know um, I'm probably one of the few that actually wrote the book and that was long after I had left the organization and it was written partly to give the organization credit because I was tired of watching everybody else you know uh, you know follow over the seals or read their books and oh my god you know and it's like you know what there's an organization out there, there's a unit out there that's even more lethal more capable more capable who do you think they're gonna call man when, when things really go to shit they call the unit and if they go if you see and I can give examples, you know, I won't do it here, but examples where, oh, the SEALs were front and center, but behind them was the unit, all right? They were in the back of the shadows doing the job, you know? So it's, it's kind of funny. It's a little irritating sometimes, but, uh, you know, um, it is what it is, and uh, there it stands. Well, I mean, I mean, we'll wrap on this note is uh, last year, last March, right after I started the podcast, and I had seen a bunch of SEALs on Joe Rogan, and and I was emailing them and I couldn't get any responses. And then I was like, that's, I literally hadn't, I didn't know what Delta Force was. And then I like read up on it and I was like, so I was trying to find them and I, was like, I can't find any on, that's how I found you is I was like, what the fuck is Delta Force? <laughs> and I found you. And I was like, shit, I got to get this guy. Yeah, I didn't, you, you can go episode 50 on my podcast. You can see me because I'm like just learned about what it was. And there you go. At 30 years old, I just learned what it was. Yeah. Awesome, man. There you go. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, and we'll try very last note. Mike Durant, uh, Black Hawk Down pilot. He talked about when he was finally brought back to the American compound and he was all morphined up and on a stretcher. Said everyone's coming up to him. How you doing? How you doing? And he goes, Delta comes up to him. And he goes, they don't say a word. Not how you doing? They're like, what can you tell us about Shugart and Gordon? And they go, it's <laughs> all business. And he goes, so there I am with a broken femur and a broken back. And Delta's there with a with a a clipboard asking me questions like it's like debriefing me <laughs> delta he goes delta works there yeah. you go stop whining brother exactly exactly <laughs> exactly dale comstock all right brother all right Appreciate buddy till next time yes sir Bye-bye. all right man peace